colleagues, Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers. I'm one of the board certified surgeons here at Visionary Eye Doctors. Thank you again for joining us for the EYE Show podcast. Please subscribe and pass it on to our your friends. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to my daughter, Mary, who turns 14 today on the feast day of the Immaculate Conception, which is such a blessing for our family. And so I know they would be mortified if they saw this, but I'm going to just share a quick photo. So I heard breakfast being cooked this morning and I thought it was my husband cooking for my my uh, daughter and I was surprised to see that my son Joseph, which is kind of funny, Joseph and Mary, uh, was cooking for my uh, daughter Mary. So thank you to Joseph for cooking for your sister. Anyway, today we're going to talk about a very exciting part of our research arm here at Visionary Eye Doctors and over the years we've had patients who have generously donated to our research team, which we have very much appreciated. We have one patient in particular from London, England, who gave us a money uh, grant to start our stem cell research. So I really appreciate his generosity with us and his family's generosity and to all those patients who have donated to help us with our research. Please, please, if you're very interested in helping us, please reach out to Katya and I'll give you her maybe email at the end. We'd be really very happy and thankful if you would help us with our research. So I want to talk to you about some of the things that we've been very excited about. You've heard some of my other podcasts about the stem cell research, the platelet-rich plasma inserted into the meibomian gland and into the lacrimal gland, which has had some good effect. We're trying to prove kind of whether we can cure dry eye disease that way. We know it's not harmful. It is effective in the majority of patients, but it's still not a cure. So that's what most of our research is focused on. But in the meantime, we found something during this process that is quite exciting, and we're preparing a manuscript we're going to submit hopefully in, in 2024 uh, that's going to hopefully revolutionize the way we diagnose autoimmune disease. And I want you to be uh, aware of this. So the question of this, this podcast is like, do I have an autoimmune disease? How do you know? And what does that mean? So most eye surgeons like myself and most ophthalmologists and, and optometrists rarely, it used to be, we would rarely be the frontline doctor to diagnose an autoimmune disease such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, Sjogren's syndrome, uh, dermatomyositis, uh, all the different types of uh, kind of unusual autoimmune diseases. Uh, HLA-B27, we would actually, like these, uh, what's called ankylosing spondylitis, we would if you saw uveitis. So unless you saw uveitis, which in which case the ophthalmologist was a key person that would help diagnose the autoimmune disease, get that ball rolling, generally we wouldn't diagnose an autoimmune disease as the primary physician that meets a patient for the first time. This is about to change, and this has been kind of a shocker in my own practice because we've been seeing a lot of patients with dry eye disease, meibomian gland atrophy, who turn out to have a, a kind of an autoimmune disease, which has been a surprise for me. So this was published, this initial finding was published in 2021 in the American Journal of Ophthalmology in a paper where we talk about meibomian gland atrophy as a, I don't remember, I don't remember the name of the title of the paper, sorry, forgive me, but basically <laughs> we talk about how mybography is a diagnostic indicator uh, for, I think it was excessive screen time. So that was, and it's true, we do have mybography, and mybography, again, we'll put this kind of, I think this little, you've seen this hundreds of times now if you've been following me, the oil glands of the eyelid are filled with mybum or oil that's very sensitive, these are very sensitive cells. And so what we did show in that original paper is that kids who are on screen time 
excessively, which I would label as more than four hours a day because that's the only landmark we've had, at least in the New England Journal of Medicine, like a little bit of a kind of uh, line in the sand that four hours or more of screen time is a risk factor for dry eye disease. So obviously that's impossible to have a job this, these days with four hours or, or less of screen time, but that's pretty much the, the line in the sand. So excessive screen time is, in our paper, was about eight hours a day. So we had a lot of kids on eight hours a day of screen time. And what the paper showed is that, yes, screen time is a big risk factor for meibomian gland atrophy because you don't blink, and when you don't blink, it's like you're not milking the cow, and that not milking the cow means your cow's going to dry up and the cow's never going to produce milk again. The same thing with these oil glands. If you don't blink, you're not going to milk the oil glands, and these oil glands, the meibomian glands, will dry up. And so that is true. But what we were surprised to find is that these cells are very sensitive to inflammation in the body. And so since the paper has published, I've seen now quite a number of patients, and we're going to probably publish our initial 10 patients, maybe five or 10 patients, that show that if a patient, let's say, doesn't have that much screen time, and the glands look like this, the grade three or four, there's no glands left, and they were, let's say, you know, just kind of contracting work with, uh, you know, uh, construction workers, and just rarely on their phone, or cleaning ladies that are rarely on their phone and don't watch that much TV, or really say they're less than four hours a day, or sometimes even less than two hours a day, and they're young, they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or even 60s, and their glands look like there's no glands at all, we have been diagnosing autoimmune disease at a record rate because of this test, the mybography, and it's been quite a shocker. So a case recently of a friend came in, uh, and she talked to me over dinner once and said, you know, I'm having some weird symptoms. I'm not sure what to do. My fingers are getting really cold at the tips and they're just really numb in the morning when it's really cold. And, you know, I'm not, I'm having issues with my hair. I'm having a little bit of hair loss and I don't know what's going on. I said, well, just come in. Let's take a look. Come, let's take a look and see. And I knew what I, what I just told you, I already knew. So I told her, you know, of the research and I said, just come and trust me. Let's do a mybography. So we did a mybography and sure enough, she looked like this. She was about 50 and her glands looked significantly loss decreased I said you know my dear friend there's something going on we need to do a full panel of autoimmune disease uh, blood work and sure enough she had dermatomyositis which is a deadly disease it's one of those things that can kill you and so we sent her to rheumatology and she was aware of the situation that this was serious she's now under excellent treatment and she's in a safe place with her general health but it was one of the cases that real made me realize i got to get this published right away we had another patient recently who i've seen for years who has had off and on dry eyes and it's gotten significantly worse and no real joint aches maybe he's an athlete so he's having some you know kind of a little bit of joint aches when he wakes up in the morning because he was an athlete we thought but then when the glands showed that they were really significantly decreased we ran a whole autoimmune disease panel and he's in his 50s also and he had a positive rheumatoid factor so what's going on you know what's what's going on so the issue is that your body is so sensitive with inflammation that very very the most sensitive cells will be the ones to be damaged first before your other cells are damaged such as your hair cells your uh, salivary cells, your synovial fluid of the joints, and even bone. So the meibomian gland cells are the most sensitive cells, and they will show us that they're atrophying because of inflammation, microinflammation that's happening. So if you are in question, if you're questioning, well, I have a little bit of joint ache, I have a little bit of dry mouth, which are technically those are the three things you need to have for to say you have a technically risk of autoimmune disease. But what we're doing now is even if somebody doesn't have dry mouth or joint aches, if they have 
have a low screen time and they have a significant lack of oil on their mybography, I'm recommending to your their PCP to run at least an ANA, which is an anti-nuclear antibody, which is a very general marker of inflammation, but that can tell us whether they need to have the other panels done for autoimmune disease. So if you are one of those patients that you're just having dry eyes, make sure you ask your doctor to show you your mybography so you can see what your risk factor is for autoimmune disease and tell everybody you know about this. If you have dry mouth, arthritis, uh, joint aches, and dry eyes, definitely we would run the whole panel, especially if we show meibomian gland atrophy. On the flip side of that, if I have a patient coming in and the doctor is concerned they may have autoimmune disease, they've been running blood tests and everything is negative, but they still have dry eyes, they still have some joint aches, they still feel like they have dry mouth, and I do a mybography, and their mybography looks perfect, the risk of autoimmune disease, I think, is very low for now. And I tell them, your body is not showing us what they have yet because the blood tests are negative, the mybography is negative. We do treat the symptoms, but there's no markers to treat. And then just lastly, at that last point, is the markers. If the markers are positive, I technically start treating it very aggressively with natural treatments first. There is no rheumatologist in this area in Washington, D.C., and likely in the world that will treat a patient that has just no markers for Sjogren's syndrome, let's say, so the SSA, SSB is negative, but one of the early markers is positive, and now there's 26 new early markers with the SJO test. I think it's 26. I could be slightly wrong on that, but there's a lot more markers for this one particular autoimmune disease called Sjogren's syndrome. So if one of them are positive, like the carbonic anhydrase number 6 IgG or IgM is positive, or the parotid-specific protein is one of them is positive, but the ANA is negative, or the SSA is negative, or the SSA is, be it, is negative or all those are negative and just one little early marker is positive, most rheumatologists in the country will not treat it because the treatment is more risky than, than just waiting and watching for this time period that we understand this disease process of Sjogren's syndrome and that's true for even the other uh, autoimmune diseases. So what we do is work on the natural things you can do. The natural things are always the same for right now. I highly recommend it because I've seen these factor blood tests become negative on repeat testing with changing your diet and some of the things I'll mention in just a moment. Now, it could be a false positive, but it also could be that your change of your lifestyle makes the inflammatory cascade in your body decrease so much that these inflammatory factors are now turning out negative. So this is what you want to do anyway, but especially if you have uh, any type of autoimmune disease marker. Number one, decrease your gluten, your sugar, and your dairy. And I would say go gluten-free, go sugar-free, and go dairy-free. That's pretty much my diet right now. Of course, I will cheat from time to time. I'm in the battle to the death with my son Joseph about who's going to break their gluten-free you know, diet first. So we have a bet on it. The person that loses has to pay the other person $40 at a 20-minute foot massage. So we've made it very, very painful. So I have not had any, I've not cheated on gluten for now many weeks, which has been very, very difficult because it's Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's very hard. Anyway, but that's the kind of thing you want to do. It's like a life or death, you know, bet because gluten it can damage your cells. We now have a lot of evidence of that. And you've heard on some of my other podcasts, my theory of the pesticides, which has been now published and, and reported. Pesticides in the United States are so more significant than in Europe that a lot of people, and this is true for me too, 
I will feel my joints when I have gluten in the United States, but I won't feel my joints when I have gluten in Europe, especially France or the Netherlands. So there's something about that. And I don't know what that is, but in general, I've stopped eating any gluten in the United States um, for now. And then the same thing with sugar. Sugar is clearly going to increase your autoimmune risk, including cancer. That's true probably for gluten. And dairy is one of those last things I'll tell patients. I do have sometimes some Greek yogurt and sometimes some eggs, um, but generally I don't have any milk and any other products or try to decrease the the cheese. Anyway, those three things, gluten, dairy, sugar, try to decrease those, and then intermittent fasting or considering with your primary care doctor, your medical doctor, prolonged fasting if you're if you're okay to do that. Fasting really kills cancer cells faster than anything else, and it makes your own cells stronger. And that's been now shown in Dr. Uh, Victor Longo's research. Dr. Sinclair at Harvard has shown some of this or been aware of this, and we've kind of been talking about this. So it really is one of those things that that diet plus fasting and and then add in exercise, prayer, meditation, breathing, sleeping well, general trying to be cheerful and happy, getting that mental health component in is so crucial to decrease inflammation. And inflammation, when I say that, I mean the mountain, the monster of inflammation that we wanna decrease because inflammation is how our cells die and that's how we die is through inflammation. So anything you can do to decrease that mountain infl inflammation will help your cells work better. It'll help decrease your symptoms. I'm convinced it can make those factors that were positive become negative because I've seen it, uh, but I have not published on it and I haven't seen it published, but nobody's really you know, kind of publishing on these natural types of uh, remedies because there's no money in this type of field with diet. So. I hope you found this podcast useful. If you want to donate money to our research project, Katya's email will be in the caption. Please reach out to us. We'd be more than uh, happy to help uh, honor you in any way because we really do need this help to get this research published. So thank you for joining us for the podcast. Please subscribe to our channel and have a great day.